Welcome to Grace Point Church Podcast. We proclaim Christ crucified and uphold him as the only hope for the fallen world. On today's episode, you'll hear from Pastor Fidel Nyaikuri. Pastor Fidel is the Associate Pastor at Grace Point Church. Hello everyone, it's Tafakari Tuesday again. And we think about what matters. As believers, we are here to grow in our biblical gospel-shaped worldview. Last week we did part one of All Things for Good. This is a title from Thomas Watson's book called All Things for Good and specifically focusing on Romans chapter 8 verse 28. And we were asking ourselves how do all things work for good? We looked specifically last week on how all the good things work for our good. In part two today, we look at how bad things work for our good. Let us read Romans chapter 8 verse 28 again. Paul says, And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. For those who are called according to his purpose. All things, good and bad, work together for the good of God's people, the elect those who have been called according to God's purpose, those who love God. Today, we see how bad things work together for our good. We can agree that at some level that all things work for good. But when bad things happen, we can't say with certainty, a majority of us indeed can't say with certainty, that even them, those the very bad things, work for our good. If it's just good things happening, then we praise God and thank God how everything is working for our good. But when bad things happen, it's hard to even think of the fact that these bad things could even be working good. In fact, when something happens and we say that was God's will, we'll attract some rather interesting looks and responses. Really, we need to think about this biblically. How do everything work for our good? How do all things work to, uh, together for our good? And how specifically do bad, evil things work for our good? The question is, is it just God's will when it's only the good things happening? Or do we have the same mind and say, yes, it's God's will even when bad things are happening? To, be, uh, to ask the question again, what is the place of bad things in life? Do evil things achieve any good for us as believers? Think about suffering innocently. Those who suffer for or what they haven't done or you are suffering for what you haven't done. You are innocently accused. Think of the death of a loved one, perhaps through an accident or evil circumstances in a cause where Justice was not served. And especially if such a person is a young person, maybe died, dies of an accident or is murdered, a very young person with a promising future, will go to the length of saying how that was a premature death. Or think about yourself losing a job, which is a reality for many during this COVID-19, COVID-19 pandemic or you've been fleeced off your money by rogue and corrupt government 
officers. I mean, I want you to think of the most evil thing that has ever happened to you or can happen to you. What is the point of you going through that bad, evil thing? I know at the moment when you're going through that, you're not thinking, oh, what good is coming out of this? For you, you're just thinking, when is this going to end? Why me, oh Lord, why me? And yet Romans 8.28 says, all things work for good. How do bad things work for our good? Now, before we go any further, two clarifications to make here. Two clarifications. Number one, saying that bad or evil things work for our good does not mean that the evil or the bad is good. Let me repeat that. Saying that evil or bad things work for our good does not mean that the evil or the bad is good. Not at all. Because even scripture actually says this in Isaiah Chapter 5, verse 20, a warning that the Lord gives through uh, by prophet Isaiah to his people, saying in chapter 5, verse 20, Woe unto them that call evil good and good evil, that put darkness for light and light for darkness, that put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. It's a clear warning in Scripture that there is no way at what, whatsoever we can exchange evil bad for good. It's the same thing that God wants uh, you know, through Paul in, in Romans, how people exchange. You know, they, they even call bad good. So we do not mean when we say the bad things, the evil things work for good, we don't mean that somehow these evil things become good or they become less evil when they happen to God's people. Far from that. Second clarification, when you say that evil or bad things work for our good, it doesn't mean that God is the author of evil. It doesn't mean that God is the author. It doesn't mean that God is the one who causes the evil, is the one who does the evil. That's not the issue. But again, it doesn't mean that God is not involved at all. It doesn't mean that God is kind of surprised when evil happens. It doesn't mean that God is aloof, that he's, you know, he has no hand in it. He does not do it. He's not the originator, the origin of evil. Think of Job's story in the Bible. Yes, Satan is the one who brought all the evil, all the suffering, all the bad things to Job. But God had a hand in it. Satan did that with God's permission. And, and I think that's why, uh, you know, Luther would call Satan, God Satan. Satan is like a, a dog on a leash in the hands of God. But the, the interesting thing is how Job responds after losing everything. At the end of chapter 1, Job says, The Lord gave and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And Watson commenting on this, he says, Job does not say, the Lord gave, Satan has taken. Job says, the Lord gave, the Lord has taken. God's, God's hand is in everything. God is sovereign. God does all things. But it doesn't mean that he is the author. He is the originator of evil. There are agents like Satan, agents of evil. We do that, but again, it doesn't mean it doesn't mean they are outside 
of God's sovereignty, of God's authority, of God's hand. Right, so what about evil then? What is it about evil then? The point in saying that evil, bad things work for good is that God, in his wisdom, in his sovereignty, causes the evil that happens to God's people to work for their good. God causes that evil. He works through and in that evil to bring about good for God's people. A classic passage we can think about is Genesis 50:20. After Joseph's brother sold him to Egypt and he went there, and then after you know coming back and Joseph reveals himself to them and you know he's he gives them a nod to come all of them including the dad this is what Joseph tells them in chapter 50 verse 20 of Genesis as for you you meant evil against me but God meant it for good to bring it about that many people should be kept alive as they are today Joseph's brothers had every evil intention in selling him to Egypt, but God had other plans. In the same, same event, in the same, same action of the brothers, yes, they were working their own evil, but God was working good through that evil. And in the end, it was not just even good for Joseph himself, but it was the good of many others that a whole nation will be saved. Coming back to Watson, in his book, he lists uh, four sort of in, 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 in quotes, broad evils um, that work for our good. Um, the first one is affliction. The second one is temptation. The third one is desertion. And the fourth one is sin. And just to remind you, Watson, as a man himself, he was a man who was familiar with affliction. He and his wife lost their four children in their youth. And he wrote this book after the act of uniformity you know, in England, ejected 2,000 pastors, him included, from their pulpits. He's a man who had a fair share of trouble, a fair share of suffering, a fair share of evil of bad things happening so to say so as he was writing it's not just like he's writing uh, things that are you know you know are, are not practical and so he mentions these four areas affliction and he says when there's pain and when there's suffering two things are happening god has a hand in them and they are working for a good when pain and affliction come when suffering comes our way god is god has a hand and they're working for good. You know, let me quote him. He says, we should not so much look at the evil of affliction as the good. Not so much at the dark side of the cloud as the light. And here's what I found very interesting. The worst that God does to his children is to whip them to heaven. With the affliction, God is whipping us, you know. Like the way you whip animals, they say, you know, as little children, we're taking them to the uh, cattle dip. The way you, you're driving them. God is doing that. He's whipping us into heaven, into that dwelling with him. Affliction works for our good. And all those members suffering, difficulty, it works for our good. Then the second, temptation. 
Satan tempts us. We are tempted by our own desires. It's a bad thing. It's an evil thing. But God also makes temptation work for our good. And Watson, again, in, 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 in expounding on temptation, he talks about a number of areas. He says, in temptation, the good that it brings out is that God, uh, through temptation, make, it, it sends us to prayer. When we are tempted, it will send us to pray, you know, as Jesus prayed also. Uh, it taught us to pray the Lord's Prayer. Lead us on into temptation. And when we are tempted, it will send us to prayer. It will keep away the penetration of sin. We will be much more aware of the sin. It will abet swelling pride. We will not pride in ourselves and our abilities because we will know how feeble, how weak we are. We can be tempted. It will expose our hearts. It will expose our hearts. That temptation will reveal exactly how our hearts are, what they truly value. And then the other thing he says, after the temptation, we can comfort those who are tempted. No wonder the writer of Hebrews speaks on this as he talks about Jesus Christ. He's familiar with our, our, our temptations. He's familiar with our trials. He was, and, and Peter also would say that, he was tempted in every way, yet, yet without sin. We also, when we are tempted, will know how to comfort other believers who are being tempted. And then also God's compassion as the Father is made real in the midst of temptation. When you're feeling all the emptiness, then we know we have nowhere to run to but to God as our Father. And through that, then we rely on the strength that comes from Christ alone. And the last thing he says is that we, we long for heaven. We long to come to the other side while there will be no temptation. It makes us to think much more of a better place, a world without temptation. Desertion. Is the third thing he mentions when when we are deserted by God, you know when you sin and you're failing this time, God is so just far away. God uses that period of desertion, that period of you know like being far away. He says what God is doing is he is like God is holding our souls over hell. He's making us see the realities of what it means to be that God. In the same way, like Jesus cried. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? In that we mourn over our, our love for the world and it cures us from the love for the world. We, we, we see how far away we are from God. It makes us then to start longing and, and really treasuring the presence of God above all. And we start seeking God earnestly for really who he is. We see and we come into you know, the, the, the realm of Christ's suffering and we long for that comfort that comes from Christ. And then the fourth one is sin. When sin comes our way. Not that sin is good, but the reality is we live in a sinful world, in a fallen world. And Watson says that um, the good that happens is we learn from the sins of others and also we learn from our own sins. From the sins of others, when we see other people in sin, it produces holy sorrow in us. It produces holy sorrow in us. We cry for them. We cry for ourselves. We cry for ourselves. We see how ourselves, we can fall in the same sin they have fallen in. It makes us then to pray against sin. We pray against sin that God will help us not to fall in the sin of other people. It makes us to love the grace of God, to see that it's only by grace that we can overcome sin. 
it's not by our own strength. It's not that we can stand on our own, but it's by the grace of God. It makes us to be honest in working out our salvation. As Paul says, work out your salvation in fear and trembling. And as he also wants, whoever thinks he stands, let, let him take heed lest he fall. So from the sins of others, we see how we ourselves are also in the same danger. And this then works as the lens through which we see our hearts. We can see the state of our hearts as we see others whom perhaps we thought they can never fall to sin and realize how they're falling to sin. And then we just see our hearts. And then we cry to God and say, God, may you sanctify us. Make us to become better. Make us to realize our own sinfulness and to run to you for grace. And that is what we learn from other people's sins. How about our own sins? When we see our own sinfulness, it makes us to be wary of this sinful life. Make us to be wary. By the way, if you're a believer, the moment you sin, you recognize it and you want to get out of it. No true believer, no genuine believer sins and continues sinning and delights in sin. The true believer will become wary of their own life and just re asking, how am I even falling into this? And it will make us then now to prize, to treasure Christ more. As we see our own corruption, as we see our own state, then we treasure Christ more. We run to him and we start the duty of self-searching, the, the, the duty of self-abasing, self not seeing ourselves as those who are strong people who, want, who can save ourselves. We see that conflict that is there within us and always now looking and leaning on Christ to help us overcome sin. So is the thing, brothers and sisters. There's nothing like a random or meaningless event happening to God's people. Everything has God's hand in it and he works through all for our good. Friends, sickness is bad. Death is bad. Sin is bad. Loss of a job is bad. Desertion is bad. Affliction, suffering, pain is bad. Yet all these things are not meaningless. They all work for our good. If right now you are going through any of this, reflect on how it's working for your good. Reflect on what God is working in and through it for your good. Lord, we thank you that indeed all things work for our good. May we see the good you are working through even the most evil, difficult things and the times we experience in our lives. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us. Until next time, see you. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Brisbane Church Podcast. For more information and past episodes, visit our website, gracepointchurch.org. Please join us again tomorrow for a new episode. Goodbye.